Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Today we're here with Sarah Reed from Innovative Press. And Sarah, I am so grateful you're here today. Thank you. It is so exciting to be here. So exciting. We have met several times at homeschool conferences. I know I've been at the Great Homeschool Convention. Is that the only one that you go to or are there many that you go to? Uh, This will be, this coming season is our third. We have been increasing. I believe this year we are doing 12 conferences, including Alaska. So we are headed to Alaska, which has a very, very large homeschool community up there. Oh, I have been wanting to get to Alaska, but I've been slowly increasing as well. So hopefully I'll be seeing you at least at the five great homeschool conventions that are across the country. So that'll be a lot of fun to to see you in person again. But I, I love all of the things that you're doing. You have the Encephalon Code book, and that's how I first became aware of you. Can you tell us just a little bit about that book? Absolutely. Uh, The Encephalon Code, um, sometimes I'll get the question, where'd you get the name? (laughs) And Encephalon means brain. So it's really the brain code. And I was interested in neurogenesis, neuroscience, just because of reading some of what God says in the Bible and some of my own struggles with memory. And I was a very good critical thinker, very good at writing. Obviously, I hope so. And But I was terrible test taker, terrible at memorization, really bad with names, which is not good from a business perspective. And I was listening to a podcast by Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a Christian neuroscientist, uh, extremely smart lady. She had a guest who was a memory expert, and he made a statement that changed my life. And he said, nobody has a good memory or a bad memory. You have either a trained memory or an untrained memory. And that caught my attention. And he did a couple exercises, memory exercises, and I did it. So I bought his book and it started me on a journey, which led me to saying, if students had this information, school would get infinitely easier and they would perform better because memorizing information is so easy for us as humans. I don't know where rote memorization, rote memorization for those that don't know, is basically writing something on index cards and just saying it over and over and over until it sticks. There are a few people who do okay with that, but it's rare. It's just not the way the brain functions traditionally. And so I wrote the encephalon code so that students who were like me or my own uh, kids who didn't get the benefit of that when they were students, but as college kids, I made them. I was like, you guys gotta do this for college. Yeah, it's, it's been changing the experiences that these students are having. Yeah, memorization just definitely makes school so much easier. Right. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. Now, you started homeschooling when your kids were what, in second and fifth? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and you were in California. That's where I am now, but you're no longer here. You escaped. (laughs) We got got out with the rest of the refugees. (laughs) Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on the fort here someday. I'm going to leave, but now in California, there's different 
things that you can do with homeschooling and everything. But one of the things when I, I started homeschooling in Arizona, when I moved to California, I took advantage of the charter school system because the cost of living is just so much higher here. And so it was what allowed me to continue homeschooling. Um, and so I have a real healthy respect for the charter school system. I eventually even uh, taught for them. But but one of the things you did, I'd love to touch on um, what you did in California when you were in California to help the homeschool community because you really went all out. I mean, for starting when your kids were in fifth and second, that's, you know, you really jumped full, you know, both feet in. You had like a, what, like a learning center or something like that? I uh, had had known about homeschool through some friends who did it independently. And then I got connected with some friends from church who homeschooled. And uh, one of them was with a charter. And I said, okay, what's that? And for me, it was two things that really attracted me to the charter system was one is I'm not really organized as far as administration goes. I'm certainly capable, but I'm more of the big picture dreamer. I'm do, 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 go, go, go. And so I miss a lot of stuff just because I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. So I wanted my kids to have an education where they could go to any college they wanted. I didn't even know if they were going to college, but whatever they want to do, my teaching was never going to be a barrier to them. So how I ran my homes, I didn't want it ever to be a barrier to them, not to necessarily get into college because I didn't do enough years of science or I didn't, you know, and I personally didn't want to take the time to go. I just want to teach. Okay. I just, I just want to have fun and teach my kids and I didn't want to deal with the administrative end. So charters were great for that. They also, with the funds you mentioned, we lived on a shoestring like a lot of homeschool families do. And I was able to give my kids those extra lessons. So music lessons, art, both my kids are very artistic. Daughter has an English degree now, and my son is getting a degree from Liberty in graphic design and studio uh, art. He actually draws all my covers. If you guys see any of my books online, he is the one who hand draws all of my covers. The ones. Oh my gosh, they are amazing. They Thank are you. amazing. I, so beautiful. No, no AI art there. All, all my 20, now 23 year old kid doing it. And he works cheap. I will tell you that. But as far as that goes, so, so charter schools worked really well. But one of the things I saw was that charter, as, as many people know, charter families cannot use state funds for uh, anything religious. And I, you know, I taught certain religious things to my kids, certain Christian viewpoints, and I just paid for my own stuff. But that can become a big hit to people when it comes to a lot of these core things. So I really felt called to, as we have discussed, stand in the gap between the Christian, straight Christian curriculum and the secular curriculum and have very family friendly curriculum. But for me, and this is just me, I really do like academic standards. I really do think we're capable of a lot and we should be you know, I shouldn't say should. I respect the diversity in the homeschool community. I usually tend to say for some of my curriculum, if you were an unschooler, it's going to be a little rigorous. <laughs> uh, I do believe in rigor for, for the curriculum, but I believe rigor can be fun and interesting. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create things that were interesting, fun, but that stood up to the standards of any college requirements. And so that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at. And, and I'm 
kind of one of the few that's in this middle market. In fact, I don't know too many, not too many. Yeah, no, I love that. And so you started doing these, even like putting out these books and everything, even while your kids were still, you were still homeschooling your kids. Yeah. So I had written the homeschool version of the novel writing, the 180 days of the world. I'd written that while I was homeschooling my son because of my son. And so I, you mentioned education center, I saw a greater need. And so I ended up opening my own education center. That was again, a family friendly, good, wholesome environment, but we took charter funds and that just opened up. We had hundreds and hundreds of families, 204 families in our second year who signed up because they were so happy to be able to use charter funds, but know that their kids were getting a good environment. So I only had the one book and, and again, in 2020, a lot of people's lives changed. So did mine. And a lot of people actually don't know this about me. My husband and I sold everything we had and we didn't own a home at the time, but we just sold all of our stuff. And if you've known me and my love of fashion and my love of shoes, it was a lot. It was months and months of Facebook marketplace selling. We sold it all pretty much. I took probably one and a half tons of clothing and shoes and condensed it to maybe three to four shoe box sizes of clothes that I owned. And I did, and four pairs of shoes total and two jackets. And we bought an RV. And we had never driven an RV. We had never RV'd. We're not techie people. My husband has, I married him for his good looks, not for any discernible skills with mechanics. And we hit the road on faith. Um, we have a lot of great stories. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happened. It was the time of our life for two years. We just traveled the whole country and I wrote more books. Uh, I wrote The Encephalin Code, Living on the Road. I think I was actually back in California at the time. I wrote in Montana, I wrote the middle grade 180 days. <laughs> so this is a well-traveled curriculum, but I spent time writing and then just praying about what God wanted to do with this. And it was another year and a half before I actually launched the publishing company. Oh, wow. That is so cool. I love that. I have a couple of other friends that have done that. And oh, wow. I wish I, I could have done that because that's such a great way. I know we went on a vacation during COVID <laughs> and we were able to go to the Grand Canyon and it was, mm -hmm. we had it almost completely to ourselves. It was oh, great. <laughs> it, it was amazing. So yeah, it was. Yeah, everything, the roads were really nice to drive in California, which you could not say most of the time. But I always joke because everyone who does an adventure like ours, I think, starts a YouTube channel. And I was like, you know, if I start a YouTube channel about my husband and I living in our, our uh, RV, his name was Fat Walter. So if I started a YouTube channel about Fat Walter, Captain Awesome is my husband. That's his nickname. You'll find it on the back of a lot of my books. Captain Awesome, Fat Walter, and myself. It would be called Dumb and Dumber Hit the Road because <laughs> it was, if we did not have access to the internet from our phones, we would be dead. <laughs> and we would have probably taken a few people out with us. So it was an adventure, but that that is also my personality. I'm like, who cares? We'll figure it out. <laughs> fine. We'll figure out how to drive this thing when we get on the road. <laughs> oh, how funny. Uh, but it was fun. How funny. Yeah. Well, I really love the fact that you actually started this writing and you you were started supporting the homeschool community even while you were a homeschool mom because as homeschooling becomes more and more 
mainstream, I am meeting more and more moms who are like, oh no, my kid's going to college. I mean, being an empty nester as a homeschool parent is totally different than, I mean, not totally, but it's just so much more impactful when your kids leave, when your entire life is spent educating them as well as, you know, feeding and, and keeping them uh, protected from everything. I mean, all of that is important, but you are on top of that, also giving them that education. You're taking responsibility for that. And it really is, it takes up your entire life. And to have that just disappear one year, it can be really hard. I know I have five boys and my four older ones are very close together. I mean, my second and third are, are twins. And so when my twins went away to college, that's when I kind of went into overdrive. And it's like, oh my gosh, I am down to only two kids at home. You know, first of all, why even cook anymore? <laughs> we got over that really quick. But but I I decided to start teaching. I taught at a just very part-time at a, a church school, private school down the street. And I lost three students at that point. I had to get at least 13, in, you know, to, it was 13 or 14. So it was a small class, but I needed to have that to do something else. But I'm, I'm very grateful that I had that nudge to go in that direction. From there, I went on and got my teaching credential. I got a job with a charter school, like we were talking about. And now it's just pushed me in a totally different direction. But I know some parents, some, some moms are kind of floundering with that and, you really got that going beforehand and made it blossom. So I'm just so grateful to hear that for, uh, for you sharing your story. Now, I know with Innovative Press, you actually have something going on that could help these moms, even while, I mean, because I know it's very expensive to homeschool or it can be, it, it doesn't have to be, but it, it can be expensive just in the fact that you don't have a second breadwinner in, in the home. Uh, because normally one parent is not... Um, working outside the home. They're definitely working. I want to make sure I say that, but they are not earning the income that they could. And so having a stream of income is something that you actually can provide. And it actually could be even after they, their kids leave the nest, it could be something they could build on as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause I'm just really, obviously I can't stop talking about it. I'm really excited about it. So your turn to talk, tell us about it. Thank you so much. Yes, we we hit this point and we say, well, who am I? Like, who am I? But I think that's different when you are in your 40s and 50s. You know, I'm turning 50 this year and I was a very young mom. I got married when I was 20. I had my daughter at 23. So I was a younger or middle younger mom, I guess. But still, I'm like, I'm 40 plus. Who am I? It's, it's a little, I felt a little old to kind of start over at the bottom somewhere. And then I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to go out and get a job to help out or to pay for college or what do we do all day, you know? And so I just think that moms who have homeschooled, you have had to step outside your comfort zone and learn about things that 
um, that maybe you weren't necessarily was your first language, um, you've had to learn about a lot of subjects. And just by the process of learning and investigating and researching and accumulating and organizing curriculum, you have such a wealth of talent to to share and advice to other young homeschool moms. I even get asked at conferences, hey, do you have any advice? We're brand new to homeschooling. And they want kind of general advice and like, what kind of vendors should we look at? And I tell them like, look, personally, look for some of these small little vendors like myself who have some of these specialty curriculum. I was like, because we're usually moms and we know what we're talking about. Like we are boots on the ground, you know, and not at the expense of the bigger companies who are solid and well-researched and phenomenal, but make sure that you talk to these small vendors because they have tried something that really works and sparked interest. So I thought about that and I thought, you know what? I was just a homeschool mom who had an idea for my son to get through another year of English and maybe not to have to fight with him so much, you know, to write his essays. Um, and that has launched this phenomenon called, you know, kids write novels. So I want to find moms who are like me, who I did. I have always had to work, you know, I've always had to have the side hustle. I've never just, you mentioned living in California and the income that my husband brought in was, was just not enough, quite enough. So, um, I always had to do a little something, but what ended up motivating me and launched this whole thing was that. I could take something that worked so great with my kids and I could mass produce it for others. And that is the clincher right there. How do you get your ideas and mass produce them for the homeschool community so that other moms can benefit from all your blood, sweat and tears <laughs> with your children? And that is where Innovative Press is launching in 2024. We are looking for moms who have just gone maybe a little outside the box. Maybe they have found a new way to teach either a subject that, that kids are taking or maybe a supplemental help. And we wanna take that and we wanna help them become their publisher for their curriculum and help them develop it. So at Innovative Press, we do want to meet rigorous educational standards. We do want to make sure that we're not just giving them busy work, that they are accomplishing measurable goals. So, and, and measurable is important. So if I say I'm going to teach the encephalon code and I'm going to teach you study skills and you don't study or memorize anything when it's done, you know, that's probably a problem. So we, our team of experts want to work with moms to take their ideas, maybe what they've done and say, how can we turn this into an actual academic or supplemental program that we can then mass produce and bless each other's? It is a huge goal of mine that I think the homeschooling community should be self-sufficient. We should be able to create businesses. There are supports and aids and helps that might not even be direct curriculum. Maybe you did a Bible study for homeschool moms that you kind of made up yourself and it's like, hey, you know, helps for homeschool moms where they can, you know, have a little something for themselves to help themselves or teaching moms how to teach certain things. So there's, it's really limitless. My brain is only so big. So I prefer to go ahead and tap into all the other moms' brains and 
and and take from them and and you know share it all. So yeah, we are definitely seeking parents who um, have a talent that we can turn that talent into a knowledge base for kids to experience and spread that around the entire country uh, so that we really are a connected community in the homeschool. Yeah, because I love the fact that you said community because I really feel like community is something that as homeschoolers, we really need. So many people say, okay, what about socialization and all of that? You know, that's that's like the first thing still. I mean, people, they'll look at the kids in the public school and say, oh no, you know, what's going on in there? We, you know, we don't like what's happening. But then first thing they'll say to a homeschooler is, what about socialization? They won't get socialized. And then it's like, really? You want us to socialize our kids like that? It's not but, socialization. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but as a community, I mean, because that is something that we need. And I don't feel like the public school system is the community or society or whatever that we want for our kids, but building a community. And it's not just for our kids. It is for the parents. And it's a way for us to help each other, support each other. And the more we do that, the stronger we become the stronger we become. Because I know like you told me in a discussion we had about how you had to speak out at a meeting about, what was it? The sex ed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, something like that, something being able to speak out um, and be part of that community to protect all of us. I mean, all of us need to be part of that community and support each other. And whether it's going to a a governmental, you know, town hall or whatever to, to do that. I mean, we need to go and support each other, but we also need to understand that, okay, yeah, this, this person is creating some absolutely amazing stuff. That's going to make my life easier. And that's really what community does, right? We make Mm -hmm. each other's lives easier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We were, and again, kind of the thing that was so hard about COVID was you lost community. And people really suffered. I think alcoholism and drug abuse went skyrocketed, suicide skyrocketed. And you think that how are we so, you know, broken that this small amount of time, you know, relative to our life, so many people were falling apart. And so it made me look at, are we in the communities we think we have, are we really engaging? And I do think honestly that the homeschool community can do more to engage by supporting each other through, like I said, business and ideas and concepts. You know, I've seen an interesting thing. One of the things that we do with the novel writing program under our Kids Write Novels um, name is when students sign up to take the class uh, live on Zoom or they watch the video lesson. So they're following along watching the video lessons. Um, We have an online platform. Uh, We just nicknamed it KWN. Uh, We have an online platform where students get to log in. They can watch videos, educational videos. They can interact with a chat with each other. They cannot private message, but they can chat with each other. And we have a board where they can ask questions about their novel, do surveys about their characters. They're restricted to anything to do with writing. In the chat, my staff monitors it. And these kids are such good kids. I mean, we really have not had any problems, but they're such good kids. Um, But I will tell you, 
I didn't know how it was going to go. I just knew that we needed to connect them somehow. They have flourished. It has opened these kids up as authors and storytellers and students to other kids in other states that they never would have met. And they are supporting one another in incredible ways. Like you, I, it's so exciting to watch them interact. I, you talk about stalking. I stalk on there um, because I need to monitor what they're doing. And I am blown away at the quality of our homeschool community and the family. So yeah, I've been thinking a lot about like, we need to be supporting each other more and we can grow our own community where we're not reliant on the state or the government or public to give us what we need, that we are giving each other what we need. And I know homeschool parents, if they're going to spend money, they'd rather spend it on other homeschool parents. My job is to make sure that the educational level of that material will rise to, to any standards that it's held up against. So that's what we do because we do, I, I think often about how God said his temple was supposed to be built and the exacting nature of something so valued. And I just think about education that way. And again, I'm not, I'm not a super formal person. So this classical type education was not me. I love it. I'm, my brain just doesn't work that way. But to be able to meet those standards that I think are good standards in education is, can you comprehend the information, but then can you also output that? And I look for that in, in what parents are doing is, are we asking kids to evaluate the information that we're giving them or just memorize it. So a lot of the work that we do on these curriculums is why we do workbooks instead of textbooks is we want students to take in the information and then evaluate it and, and put something back out. So it is definitely a combined community effort to create the curriculum, but I know that, as you mentioned, financially, it's going to support those um, people who get published. In addition, uh, I do have a business degree. It's what I've always been pretty good at. Um, I'm terrible at a great deal of, of things, a, a great many things I'm terrible at, but I've always been good at business. And there, there is so much lucrative information out there and needs to be filled. We just need the moms to come forward and say, hey, I would love to be a part of this community, of the educational aspect of this community. So that's what we need. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, your website is innovativepress.org. I'll also put a link down on it and you know, in the show notes. So be sure and just everyone who's listening, be sure and take a look at that. Yeah, I'm just so grateful that you're doing this because it really is helping people realize their genius. I mean, that's that's what I'm all about. It's you are helping parents and kids see the genius in themselves and in others. And, and that's, that just makes the whole world a better place to be. And I appreciate that. Amen. We are beautifully and wonderfully made. I love it. Yep. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. And I'm just so grateful that you've been here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. 
Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.